0: Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert, and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
1: From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars.
2: Welcome to Inside Supercars, Greg Ravel and Tony Whitlock. Well, another big week in uh, supercars. Unfortunately, it's not great news. Um, that being the, uh, I don't believe it's just temporary, the demise of 23 Red Racing. Uh, Phil Monday and his team have decided to uh, pull the pin, as they say in the classics. Um, they have closed their doors. They will no longer be competing in the supercars with their car run by Tickford. This has been all brought about by the uh, secession of the Milwaukee uh, Tools money, and that Phil, while he has been a, an avid supporter of supercars for oh, five, six, seven years or more, Uh, starting off with Lucas D'Umbrell. He, he in fact, goes back a lot further than that, back to the days of Rod Nash, starting uh, back in the uh, late 90s. Uh, Phil's decided to uh, close the team down. It's unfortunate, but uh, quite obviously, there was no budget coming from a sponsor. So Will Davison always had a great start to the year in Adelaide with a fourth and a fifth in the two races and uh, has constantly shown great improvement uh, since they changed the Mustang. It's an unfortunate thing, Craig, that uh, the the team is no longer.
1: Yes, it is, and... uh When you read the uh, message that's been put out to fans, it's unfortunate. 23 Red Racing will no longer be returning to the track in 2020. Over the years, we have experienced an amazing journey with everyone involved. Currently, we are faced with an unpredictable return to track compounded by times of uncertainty. It is with... With regret that we make this decision, the team wants to thank our loyal fans who have been part of this journey. It has been truly memorable and furthermore, we hope that everyone continues to stay safe during this time so that then <laughs> begs the question of what's happening over at Tickford because if they're not going to be putting out a uh, a uh, fourth car that has some concerns they've got a business model too that required uh, well that had that factored in and the money that might be raised from that so Tickford's statement on 23 red racing is tickford racing is aware of the situation concerning 23 red racing and milwaukee tools and we are keeping in close contact with 23 Red Racing in assessing future options. We have enjoyed a close relationship with 23 Red Racing since its inception in 2018, which included the team's first podium achievements during the 2019 supercar season. So it's... Obviously, there's a whole bunch of... um, There's a whole bunch of... Um, implications that uh, trickle down, and uh, we just have to wait and see when everything will be finalised. Now, I'm not quite sure, but I think Thomas Randall joins us on the line, and Thomas, uh, being involved over at Tickford Racing must mean that you guys have got a lot of questions, and uh, particularly around... What might be going on with the calendar? You might only be doing one endurance race this year.
3: Yeah, hi, Craig. Uh, look, yeah, I, uh, I've heard that as well. So um, it's just going to be one of those things at the moment. I mean, we've just been trying to play it by ear the last two months, and I think that's just going to be the case for the rest of the year. So all we can really do is, is just wait and see. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Super 2 series as well because, going off all the, you know, government legislation between the states, it, it, I, I highly doubt that Super 2 will be allowed to be at all those events. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with not only the enduros but also for the support categories.
2: It seems, you know, that the the, uh, the VFL is not going to run. Maybe the S, S South Australian, the West Australian, and all those ones aren't running, but just the major AFL team. So, yes, you could well be right about the Super 2s not getting the uh, – Start this year, Tom. We will talk about something that is happening, and that's uh, your business simulation. You've got a client, albeit one that, uh, well, let's just say that uh, he's a good personality and a good celebrity in Jack Rewald.
3: He's a ripper bloke. Um, It's kind of, yeah, a different concept having a, a celebrity race because you never really see this sort of thing on the real track. You never see celebrities in supercars. So it's going to be really fun, and Jack's been on the sim now three times. He's going to come in again a couple more times before he races, and, yeah, he's a seriously competitive guy, so um, I'm really having a lot of fun trying to coach him because he's never driven a race car, and he's never been on a simulator. So he's, his times aren't too bad, and, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Who knows what's going to happen on, on Monday. I think it's going to be a case of just trying not to crash. <laughs>
2: Now he's actually had a number of lessons, shall we call it?
3: Correct. Yeah. No, he's. I could say it's a, lot, a few uh, one-on-one coaching sessions. So uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And aside from actually what the what we're doing with the business, um, he's been coming in, you know, at nights as well. At night, sorry, and well, he, he was there till about eleven eleven thirty PM on last Friday night. So. Well, hopefully he's not going to be there that late anymore. But um, it just shows how yeah how competitive he is and how much he, he's trying to take it seriously and you know he really wants to get a good result. So hopefully uh, we can we can do it on Monday.
1: Has he been talking about since being on the simulator actually wanting to try a real race car and uh, giving that a go? Maybe even a go kart.
3: Uh, well, he's never driven a go kart before. I actually asked him about that because I've got a I've got a shifter kart as well, and uh, we haven't spoken about real racing. But certainly, I mean, he he's been an avid fan of, of motor racing for years. He he told me his his childhood hero in racing was with Mark Webber. So, I mean, it's it's funny when I speak to him about racing. It, you wouldn't think he's a footy player because he just knows so much about our sport, and it's great to see that he has such a big interest in in motorsport. So. I think somewhere in, in his in his heart, he definitely wants to try a, a race car. But, um, yeah, we'll try and get him completely up to speed on the simulator first. But, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm not sure if he's been for a hot lap with Scotty because they, they obviously know each other very well. But, um, yeah, for sure, if the opportunity were to come up, I'm sure he wouldn't turn it down.
2: Thomas, one thing that uh, has also come up this week is about, um, well, good news for Dan Ricciardo, that he's joining a, an old competitor of yours in Lando Norris. Yeah, correct. At McLaren. Yeah,
3: that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, going to be interesting. So it's it's great for Dan. I think the Renault, to be honest, I don't think that was really working out for him at all. Um, it was a big move away from Red Bull that we all kind of didn't expect to happen, but yeah, I mean, essentially, he's only going to be doing a year and a half with with Renault, and uh, yeah, won't be extending that contract. So, I think it's going to be good for him. It would have been nice to see him in the Scarlet Red, but uh, unfortunately, that's not the way it's gone. But I think McLean will still be a great outfit. You know, Zach Brown is is running has really turned that team around in the hybrid era. You know, it started off fairly fairly weak in in that yeah new V six turbo hybrid phase of Formula One. So. We'll see what the pair can do. I mean, Lando was obviously very impressive last year in his first season of Formula 1. And like you said, he's an ex-rival of mine. I've I've raced against him a couple of times. and I've beaten him a couple of times, but he's also beaten me a few times. But I see to him, yeah, every now and then, but it'll be really cool to to see him partnering up with Dan. And there'll be a lot for Lando to learn off Daniel and I think even, even the other way around. So hopefully they can be a strong pair. I know they get along really well, and we'll see what happens when the well, when they partner each other in twenty twenty one, but when the calendar the long calendar resumes, I believe, in Austria for a double header.
1: I'll tell you what is a bit of a worry though. Um Motorsport is reporting McLaren could be mortgaging off historic F one cars to raise funds. So uh hopefully you've already got the money sorted out before <laughs> you uh, read headlines like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, no I I just read that before, actually. i reportedly, reportedly heard that they've done a similar thing, or they're doing a similar thing, so at least at least they've got race cars to, to do that with, where you know, there'll be a lot of teams that who are struggling that probably aren't able to do that. So as much as it's a big shame, I mean, you really, that's all, if that's what it takes to keep the team alive, mm. just keep the team surviving, you kind of have to do it. So um, maybe the Maybe the paycheck for Daniel's too high. I don't know, but <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's not. Hopefully, yeah, we can just get back racing. The sooner we get back racing, the better. But in, at the end of the day, if this isn't you know motorsport isn't a priority, it's everyone's health is a priority.
1: So, how is your health too?
3: Uh, thanks, for Ross. Yeah, my health has been is, is really good. So surprisingly, I haven't had to. Yes, yeah, start my treatment, and I, I don't think I'll, I might not even have to do it at all, which is which is fantastic. So, um, really didn't want to have to go through that, and especially not in this period. So, um, but yeah, at the moment it's uh, it, it's all looking good, which is which is really awesome. So, just want to yeah get back in a race car. But at the moment, it's, it's just sim life or e series life, and uh, just doing yeah part time uni. Uh, online, my engineering de- degree, and also yeah, running the the simulator business. So trying to keep busy in this in this crazy time. So and I, I think that's what you got to do. You just got to keep busy.
2: Let's go back to uh, 2016 when you did the TRS for the first time.
3: Sorry, my my first year in TRS was 2016. I I hadn't been to Europe, but I, when I, when I returned to do the full campaign in 2017, uh, that was after my right. British F3. Yeah,
2: and um, where, where you first ran against Lando? Uh,
3: I first ran against Lando in the it was a British F three championship, which was uh, 2016. Yeah. So uh, um, actually, yeah. no, I did the New Zealand Grand Prix in TRS in 2016, just a one-off, and he was racing there. But, but the first time, we properly raced against each other was when we were running in yeah, British F three. So managed to a, managed a, a couple wins ahead of him. Uh, I remember my first win at Rockingham, where he finished third, and then the Spa and uh, I I started behind him and ended up winning the race but um yeah we certainly knew at the time that if there was anyone on the grid that was going to get to formula 1 it was most likely him so and, and look, look look where it's happened so uh, but he's he's been you know uh very competitive in every championship he's done. So it's it's no surprise he is where he is.
2: And, of course, 2017, you went back after the taste of the New Zealand Grand Prix and won the championship over uh, Pedro Piquet.
3: Correct. Yeah, that was – so I won the championship the year after Lando won it. So hopefully – I was hoping to follow in his footsteps, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. But that was – yeah, that was quite a strong year. But unfortunately, I can't see TRS happening – well, not at at the – at the time slot, it normally happens next year just due to all this, uh, you know, international travel restrictions, but um, – and, and same with, you know, the Bathurst 12-hour. I, I, I can't imagine there'll be many internationals coming out for that um, because I don't believe the borders will be open. But, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. But, the yeah, TRS is such a – as you know, you've experienced it first time, how, how competitive it is over yeah, that well, short five-week period.
2: I'm I certainly glad I got it in because uh – Gee, uh, you know, having five weeks of motor racing before the end of February is a uh, pretty terrific. Even if it, if I'm not driving, I'm at least uh, watching and interviewing the guys. And look, it was wonderful, and a number of the blokes that you were competing against as well. Just more of them and more different countries. Um, mm. It's uh, certainly one hell of a series. Um, yeah, absolutely. so um, you're you're now turning your attention to uh, your business. Um, and what are you doing to promote it? I mean, obviously, helping with Jack is a good way. Is he leading you to other people within the AFL world? Maybe.
3: No, uh, he's actually been a really big help. So he, he sort of said, you know, any any promotion at all, you know, I'm willing to help out. And he's yeah, he's told a lot of a lot of guys from the Richmond Footy Club about it. He's told his cousin Nick, and I think he's going to bring Nick down at some point. And yeah, Tim Hodges, who writes my a lot of my press releases. He he's a producer for AFL three sixty, so he's the one who organized Jack coming down and um he's been a big help as well. He we got it into the, the Herald Sun. Uh, we did a live cross with Jack on the simulator for a, a live Fox Footy episode last um uh, last Tuesday. And uh he you know he's the simulator has also been on with the Supercar Z series because Lee Holdsworth is just a um, so, no, it, it's been, I mean, the publicity after being open only a month has been, yeah, fantastic. Not many new businesses get that sort of publicity straight away. So, I mean, being in this, in this field at this time certainly helps. But, um, no, it, it's been really good. And we're just trying to look at all ways to, you know, engage, engage people because the business is, you know, structured around, yes, it's structured around the professional drivers who want to improve ever so slightly, but it's also, Those those amateur drivers and even people who are just fans who just want to come and have a crack at the simulator, you know, and and try try and see how they can improve on the truck as well. So um, yeah, we'll see. I I know it's it's a tough time at the moment because I have a lot of people interstate that have have, uh, shown their or expressed their interest of coming on the sim, but yeah, it's kind of impossible for them at the moment. So we'll see what happens when the borders open. But as for now, I can still operate and to the Victorian public,
2: which is great. Tom, is there somewhere where people can uh, find out more about your business? Is there a website that they can go to? Yeah, there is,
3: Tony, actually. The website is www.dreamsimulation.com.au. And you can go on there and, and it gives you a full outline of what we're trying to do, uh, what what the simulator is, uh, the specifications, and you can even book online. So that, that uh, is quite simple. There's, there's a few different packages uh, where you can start at the entry level where Uh, You can just choose your own cars and tracks and just go for a a burn for an hour or go for a more advanced option where you have myself or Lee Holdsworth actually driver coaching you, looking at your live telemetry and also your data uh, once you finish a session. And we'll we'll go through it all and look at your video, uh, data printout, all that sort of stuff to really maximize the hour and uh, kind of offer what you'd get if you were actually on the real racetrack.
2: Best of luck with it. We'll be watching to see uh, how it all goes next Monday night. Uh, we hope that you get behind a real steering wheel very soon again, Thomas. It's been terrific yeah. to talk to you, and, uh, look, best of, best of luck with it all of the coming weeks.
3: No worries. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate being on here as always.
2: We're joined by one of New Zealand's finest, Simon Chapman, albeit very young but very experienced. Simon, Speed Cafe is your new home nowadays, enjoying yourself up there in lockdown.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. That's for sure. Um, yeah, starting with the team earlier this year uh, at the, the back end of January, coming over doing the Clipsal, or well, sorry, the Adelaide Five Hundred, and then going to Melbourne, and, and basically we've been on we've been on lockdown ever since. So it, it's looking positive for us to get back to racing soon. We've got the calendar obviously coming out shortly, um, but from the sounds of things, even though uh, we'll be back racing, I don't think um, we'll have any media as such going to the races, so um, it'll be a bit bit like watching it all at home back home in New Zealand, watching it on the telly, to be honest, so it'd be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all shapes up.
2: Maybe we'll just talk first of all about the news that just broke yesterday, and that is that uh, Dan Ricciardo is not heading to Ferrari, but he's at McLaren, with a, a young man that you got to know when you were very early in your racing career, uh, Lando Norris.
0: Yeah, Lando... Um, an interesting character um, who raced in the Castro Toyota Racing Series. Um, he was sort of coming along just as I was sort of getting into into journalism um, not all that long ago, to be fair, around, I believe it was, uh, 2016. So, yeah, Lando sort of burst onto the scene. Um, still quite young, obviously, at that point. He's still quite young now, albeit. I think he's only just turned um, 20, so um, I'm only... 23. So he was, he was even younger than me at the time. So I was shooting uh, the series and my primary objective at the time was as a photographer. So I sort of got an outside look um, at what Lando was, was doing at that time. And it was a really interesting period for TRS. which was still led by Barry and Louise Tomlinson. And Lando came along with this interesting aura around him. Everyone sort of knew of him to an extent. But nobody really knew um, why he was coming down to New Zealand, and there was you know all this rumor at the time. And 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 remember too that he hadn't won anything at this point. He'd he'd done some genetics over in the UK, and I believe he was maybe he'd only just turned sixteen because he had to be sixteen to race in TRS at, at that point. So he was still quite young, hadn't really done a whole lot. But TRS was sort of the first step for him in terms of his single seater career, and. Everyone's like, "Well, who is this kid, and, and why is he so highly rated?" And everyone was talking about Formula One, and the, the kid's basically destined for Formula One, no matter what happens. And as it turned out, he had quite a lot of a lot of support in the background, and obviously that was coming from McLaren. And there was talk of this guy who was backing the kid, and as that turned out to be, it was Zach Brown. So Lando came along and, and basically swept everyone off their feet. You know that that season was was pretty crazy. To be fair. Um, you had guys like you know Ferdinand Habsburg and Petro Piquet and Arthur Markov and Jahan Daruvala, quite a few young guys who were sort of touted to be you know the the next best thing at least in in the Formula One feeder series ranks. And this kid, and he and he was a kid. He was he was really tiny at that point, to, live, to be fair. Um, a, a young guy who just came along and and really blew everyone away, and he, he really dominated that championship that year. And that I suppose set him. On the path to to glory and ultimately an F one, and I think it was only three or four years after he'd done TRS and he was racing a Formula One car.
2: Did he have much of an entourage?
0: He didn't really. When when Lando came along, it was only a year after Lance Stroll, so it was we'd already sort of had the entourage sort of effect with Lance. Um, and his father um, that sort of blew everyone away, you know, with the helicopters and uh, the big, you know big um, trailers and haulers that came along with it. Um, So when Lando turned up and we were sort of being told that this guy's destined for Formula One and it was, you know, there wasn't really much that came along with him. It was kind of just him and his trainer. Um, Yeah, we didn't really expect much, to be fair. Uh, There wasn't a huge sort of entourage that followed him. Um, He was really just on his own, him and his trainer, and just focused on the job. And yeah, he was pretty crazy. Like in those first few sessions when I think we were down at Ruapuna, he was just on the money straight away and you, you could tell that the kid was was pretty special from the outset.
2: Let's move on to the latest news and it's the unfortunate uh, demise of 23 Red. Um, you obviously have been writing about it and probably talking to some of the players. It's sort of not unexpected that this was going to happen. Not necessarily 23 Red two a team. There have been question marks for some time over, you know, every competitor really, in some way, shape, or form, other than obviously the the very large with the very large budgets. So, uh, tell us, Simon, uh, have you got any special insights into what's been happening here with Twenty Three Red?
0: Probably not a heck of a lot more than what's already out there. Obviously, we now know that Milwaukee have decided to uh, pull the pin. We understand that Phil uh, has made offers to different individuals to basically take over the running of that car. Um, It's been pretty well documented, I think, today that James Courtney wants to find a way back into supercars and and Peter Addison is keen to do that as well. So for all money, it sounds like Peter will probably take over the running of that car, that Ford Mustang. So I don't think it'll be long before you hear an announcement um, from Peter or you know, from Tickford that, uh, James Courtney is going to be back in, in supercars. So yeah, it's, I think ultimately a shame that will doesn't get to continue in that full time capacity. I think after Adelaide and Melbourne, we saw some incredible pace from him and especially at pre season testing as well. I think he surprised a lot of people. Um, and he was destined to do, I think a lot of really cool things this year. You know, you, look at, you only have to look at the standings. He fits behind Cameron Waters. You know, he's quick. You know, there's no doubting that. He's he's still one of the oldest guys in, in the field, but he's still one of the fastest guys in the field. And yeah, I think it's not really, I don't think it'll hit a lot of people until we get to the next event um, that we'll probably won't be there. And it's, it's a real shame that one of the stalwarts of, of supercars isn't going to be racing with us.
1: Simon, it's interesting to see that Townsville could possibly go ahead. Now, a street race with no crowd just seems to be um, almost an oxymoron. But uh, it's fascinating. Townsville City Council is keen to have that race still in the 2020 season.
0: Yeah, certainly. uh, The council over there have obviously um, really liked supercars over the last few years. And the coronavirus situation has certainly made life interesting for a lot of different parties and I think um, the council's taken a really interesting approach in that they still see the race to be of value to Townsville in terms of um, them being seen. So I think you've got to give the council and probably the Queensland government some credit for still wanting to put on an event without spectators, which, and I don't know whether this is certain, but we'll probably run it a lot because to offset those costs of building a circuit, you want to bring spectators through the gate. So it's certainly uh, the word uncharted territory gets used quite a lot, uh, but I I think this is certainly an an interesting situation. I think once we get to Townsville, uh, it'll look a lot different to what we're used to. There's not going to be any grandstands. There's still obviously going to be, you know the pit facilities, the pit facilities and the concrete walls everywhere. there won't be that atmosphere as such, but it'll still be a race, but it'll be an odd one, that's for sure.
1: And they're talking that this might be um, this might be because we have a situation where most of that track is permanent facility, a bit like Adelaide, unlike Gold Coast and Newcastle, which it's widely touted that they're not going to be part of the championship. Because they're a complete cityscape build.
0: That's certainly the chatter. Um, the council's sort of, like you say, it's in a, a good position because it's part parkland, so it doesn't require as much build time. Obviously, not as much resource either. So, fundamentally, when you start building that circuit, half of it's already basically there. You know, you don't need to put up a pit facility like you do at Newcastle or Gold Coast. You know, there's half a circuit that you need to build with some concrete walls and things, but Gold Coast is probably one of the most challenging you know, street circuits to build in the world, let alone in Australia. And Newcastle is probably quite difficult too. You know, Australia is quite unique in that it has street races. You know, there there aren't really many domestic championships around the world that actually have street races other than, you know, Formula One and, and then things like IndyCar and, and Supercars. So... Yeah, I think the build time is probably something that has to be factored into somewhere like Newcastle and Gold Coast. And obviously the potential that there might not be crowds allowed there too. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think towns will, from the sounds of things will, will likely go ahead, um, without, uh, without a crowd. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see
1: is there other teams in your opinion simon because there's there's been so much talk right throughout the season about team sydney uh, other of the smaller teams maybe not restarting on time which has a, a huge cascading effect through the championship and and supercars in general
0: to be honest it's really hard to know at this point there's a lot of rumors that go around and you know every every day the rumor changes you know there's sometimes one team is Rumoured to be leaving, and then sometimes they're fine. You know, a lot of the time it is a bit of a red herring, but often where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think ultimately, you know, we may we may lose another car. Who knows? Um, it that remains to be seen, uh, and we'll, we basically just have to wait and see. I think the key thing for the teams and the drivers at this point is to get the calendar sorted, get a, a start date firmed up. And then hopefully get those sponsors, obviously, across the board and committed to the rest of the season. I know that speaking to um, several people within Supercars at sort of the team level, a lot of them are saying that, you know, we've, we've got to cut the cost somewhere. And, and, you know, Supercars is probably going to look a lot different when we, we come back to racing, whether that's in the race formats or whether that's, you know, in terms of personnel. We'll, we basically have to wait and see when um we get back to doing what is effectively going to be round two of the championship, and hopefully the next couple of months.
2: Given that the uh, races are going to be uh, largely without crowds, certainly for a number of the events uh, early on, um, do you think it's possible that they could use the Super 2s, which are highly likely not to race, um, to, to pad up the field, to get the 24 or 25 they need at each event?
0: It's certainly possible. I think Sean Seymour's made it pretty clear that any decision is, well, any concept at least is on the table. You can pretty much fire any question at him and he'll consider it. Whether it's a reality or not is another question. It's it's a question that i posed to some drivers, some Super 2 drivers, and ultimately that comes with a lot of costs, right? So you know, I spoke to Brody Kistecki not too long ago and he said when we went and did the Bathurst 1000 as a wild card, that was one of the hardest things that we've ever done. You've got to not only prep the car and convert it, basically there are some conversions that need to be made between the Super 2 car and the supercar, but you've also got to add lots of mechanics to the work, engineers, you've got to add pit crews, so your your cost multiplies significantly between a Super 2 car and a supercar. At least in Super 2, you can rock up with your car, driver, an engineer and roll out onto the track and not have to worry about pit stops or anything too crazy. So I think supercars would maybe consider it. I've certainly considered just about anything. And I think most administrations probably were considering the the crisis that we're in, but whether that's a reality or not remains to be seen.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much, Simon, for giving us your uh, front on view. Obviously uh, being in the the, uh, trenches in the world of Speed Cafe, having to report daily almost on the hour, um, you know, we're enjoying your words, and uh, you keep writing, and we'll keep reading it. Thanks, mate. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. We're here with Phil Monday. It is on the, the afternoon after the final race of 2018 when you've had your inaugural year as a sole team owner. How's it's, it been? Yep. It's been um, the high. I tell people
4: the highs are high and the lows are low. <laughs> But um, you know, at the start of the season, uh, I sort of set myself a goal, and I said, if I finished in the top, if we finished in the top 15, I'd be pretty happy in our first season, and then from there we could move on and and move up a a bit further. So I just looked at the um, championship leaderboard, and we finished 15.
2: Wow! (laughs) So
4: so we made first
2: goal. The
4: one that I didn't tick off was I was I was pretty confident we could have got a couple of podiums, but. we had a test day in Winton, we had a back-to-back test day in uh, at Winton in um, early September, and we thought we'd do our two final test days together, and um, from that test day we we made some changes to the car, and the changes took us what we'd call outside of the window, but unknowingly outside the window, and our sand down was our next race. and. Um, that was it was pretty pretty tough. It was you know Will was complaining about grip in the front, and some stuff you know with the car. So we we changed stuff around again and went into Bathurst. Same problem. Went into Gold Coast. Same problem, and into New Zealand. I was um, a bit upset about the fact that we can't find whatever this was. So um, we pulled the car completely down after um, New Zealand thinking we'd get it right for here. We found a few things that were wrong in the setup, <coughs> a few bent bits and pieces that we hadn't noticed there. And, uh, and today it was uh, pretty brutal, 17th yesterday, 20th today. Um, we lack pace, we lack grip, so we still haven't found that problem. But um, going forward from here and next season, um, I'm going to do a customer deal with Tickford. So it means it will become the uh, um, fourth car or first car, third car, second yeah. car yep. in the um, lineup of their garage. Um, so that will that'll that'll make it a lot easier for us to work out what we're going to do. Um, <coughs> how, how that'll work for us? It'll it'll be twenty you know, sixth in the pit garage is very difficult in qualifying. Uh, there's lots of things that you look at and think. We'll be twenty
2: fourth in fact. Yeah, well this, no,
4: this year we're twenty 26 oh, in the yes, yeah, oh, 26 sorry, car yeah. when we go we're out moving up. Yeah, yeah, when we go out for qualifying, you it's, know, it's it's brutal because you've got
2: it's <coughs> got minutes in between the first car and Correct. You. Yeah. Yeah.
4: you get out there and you're almost getting caught by Wind Cup because he's almost come round and that yeah. that that has its own set of problems. So I've gone off the subject a little bit, but what I'm saying is by moving into the Tickford garage Um, we'll move up into about position six in the grid uh, in the pit garages I should say in the grid would be fantastic but so in the pit garages and that will give us a a really good chance in our qualifying plus we've got the support of um, the other three drivers that will be able to sit down in the debriefs with Will Um, it becomes a big family team so we share everything in that in that garage
2: and Tim Edwards spoke to me earlier today or yesterday about um, the integration <coughs> um, with you I mean a large part of this is also revolved around the, the very big part that you play in the Mustang in terms of producing he said 75% of the panels
4: yes correct yeah so sure. we're, we're well and in, well into making the panels and um, have been for the last couple of months so that's a big part for me next year we'll keep our composite business going and and, and um, you know, I've got um, quite a good crew of guys in there who do all their composites and it's, um, it's the bit that you can make some money out of motorsport rather than spend it. Okay.
2: <laughs> so you'll actually have your own workshop, um, um... still retain your own workshop? Um, we'll still retain
4: the workshop, the actual race, um, I have three factories where we run the race team out of in Kilsyth at the moment. Yep. And I'll keep two of them, which is our storage facility and the composites. Yep. Um, the actual race shop where we do the preparation the race car will actually be held and done at Tickford in Campbellfield. Okay. okay. So um, I'll, uh, I'll lease out that factory, Is right. um, okay. there.
2: Alright, um, and in terms of structure, um, the, the personnel, you, you're keeping some of your... Uh, we'll keep some of our staffs, they'll come across with us.
4: Um, um it's it's a customer deal so we still retain our 23 racing milwaukee yep. uh team um and um we'll just uh operate out of out of there rather than um, out of kill sight. okay yeah all right
2: um now you've got two more years with will davison yep um alex just worked out pretty well for you as yep. far as endurance drives yep. concerned yep um many other Parts that are continuing on, and you can say definitely about as yet or not. I think um, you know Will Will
4: was <coughs> Will was a part of um, the Tickford team there. Yes. And when you're in a big family, I'm to wait. No. When we're, when we're in a big family um, like that, it's good for Will because Will thrives on um, sharing information with other drivers and. Yeah. So for Will, this is sort of a bit like going back home again too, because he's going to be back into a larger team. Yep. Um, Alex, his brother, um, another issue, that another another uh, tick I guess that uh, Alex and Will, or Will wanted to do was that was to try and in the Enduros win one or, or uh, more of the Enduros with his yep. brother. Yep. And uh, we had a good crack at it this year. Next year, uh, 100%, Alex and Will will be back together again in the Enduros. And um, in that environment, for Will and for myself, I'm, a, I'm an old plater in the team ownership part of this business. And it's a very intense, so many moving parts of this business that I don't have the full understanding of. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to being a part of the Tickford garage and team and what we bring into there with the expertise of, you know, a good driver like Will, um, and a fantastic sponsor like Milwaukee, and a, and, a, and a race team of Twenty Three Red Racing, which has sort of made some some significant inroads, I think, this year and, and earned a bit of respect. Yeah,
2: yeah That we're absolutely.
4: not, you know, we're not a. Um, and you present a
2: team that is, you know, really well professionally done. And you have it looks to. You fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah, you but have to, not, yeah. But, yeah. I mean. Lots of people have to do things, but they don't necessarily yep. do them, okay? You yep. know, so you you actually... You've it's my ADD
4: kicks in and I have to have it all looking good and yeah. it has to be right Well, the obviously, having and,
2: uh, had 10 yeah. million customers yeah. or whatever there yeah. are out there... Yep. You can yep. you
4: know. repair their cars, that's yeah. right.
2: Yeah,
0: so, that's... Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, the, uh, the other part of it um is that you were looking to do additional things is that sort of put aside now
4: yeah it has yeah i look i have a super two um which i bought the mid-year we've um Ordered up to spec, current spec, um, and signed, uh, painted, wrapped the car, sign wrapped the car yep. for a spare car for this year. So I felt a bit vulnerable not having, being a, a single car team on your own, I felt a bit vulnerable if we had a, a big shunt that we couldn't repair the car in time, yep. then I had a car there. Um, tomorrow, well, uh, as soon as Vinnie, my driver, gets back to Melbourne, we're going to take this car. The current race car that we'll drive. And this to, will become. That'll become a Mustang. Yeah. Uh, because they're all the same chassis, of course. Every car that's in pit lane has the same chassis, um, just a different skin on them. And my second car, I'll upspec that to current specs for next year and reskin that, and I'll use that for a wild card. So we get six wild cards next year, and um, it's a spare car there again for one of the four cars in the garage and. And I use it as my show car, so it's a pretty good show car to have on display. It's a yeah, real, yeah. a real one, active yeah. supercar. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it sounds very exciting. Um, another change of direction, slight yeah, 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 realignment. Yep. But I suppose it's based on experience now, rather than just gee, why don't we try that sort of thing? Yeah, it's,
4: it's... I think your first year in anything is is learning and. Yeah. Um, I tell, I tell my staff, I tell people who um, I encourage in business you always have to look over the hill. Yes. You can't just be looking at where you are now, so I'm a person who looks over the hill all the time to see yes. what's up there. And this came up um, around Darwin that I thought of this idea that you know we need to get from where we are to that next level, how do you do it? There wouldn't be a single car team, I don't think, in the history of supercars have ever won a championship or ever really made a significant, you know, yeah, impact yeah. On, the, on the series. Bad so, news and
2: techno Well, it was, yeah, correct, yeah, but there the was,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like you've got the the, the difference between where we are to where that is, yes. is millions and millions of dollars, yes. you know, um, and you've got to be sensible. This is a very expensive sport um, and you've got to balance out what is, what's, you know, sensible and what's not sensible. And I think for us, this move up into the Tickford, customer deal is a great uh, great step forward for us.
2: Well, I'm sure that I and many other race fans around Australia have certainly liked what Phil Monday has put on the track. Yep. And we thank continue you. to watch and uh, yep. eagerly look forward to those times when the podiums and the other things come along the way. So thank you, Tom. Thanks very much, Tom. We'll much appreciated. Thanks for listening to Inside Supercars. It's a fluid world and obviously we'll keep on top as much as we can. So tune in again to Inside Supercars.